right, all right, all right. Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. Today, I am joined by Tyler Bigger Beerbach. How you doing? Quit staring at your beer and reply to me. <laughs> What's going on? I'm sorry. This is a new beer I haven't tried yet, and that was a flavor I wasn't expecting. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad to have you here. Uh, <laughs> oh, caught me off guard. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and today, we're going to be going over our week 11 waiver wire ads, do a little injury update before we dive into all that. Obviously, we're missing Big Jimmy. Jimbo, he's out for this episode. That's why you're hearing my voice. Sorry if you like his voice, because my voice is better. So just deal with it. <laughs> yeah, we're hoping to get get Jimbo off the waiver wire here soon, or off the injury report. I mean, yeah, he's on the IR, very temporary IR for one week. He'll be back. But either way, this is the Fantasy Football Fathers podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you follow us on Twitter at the FF Fathers, wherever you listen to us on right now, whatever platform, make sure you like and subscribe. And if you're feeling frisky, give us five stars. And if you don't want to give us five stars, then don't feel frisky. Don't even do it. A waste of time. So before we dive in to the week 11 waiver wires, let's talk about the injuries this week. As uh, it happens every single week, injuries be happening. Yeah, and not a bunch of injuries this week, but a couple of big ones. A couple of big ones. Oh, yeah, not many injuries, but pretty, uh, yeah, pretty important ones. So Cooper Cup, I thought he tore his ACL when I saw it happen. But I'm a doctor, obviously. So <laughs> after everything uh, went down and the doctors got to look at him, it looks like he injured his ankle pretty badly. Oh, wait, hold on. What am I looking at here? Yeah, so the x-rays came back negative, And he's officially diagnosed with a high ankle sprain. And a source close to Adam Schefter of ESPN says it doesn't look too good. So we talked about high ankle sprains quite a bit on this podcast recently. Usually yeah. four to six weeks um, on you know average ones. So... It looks like Cooper Cup is out for at least a month or more. And if you're playing fantasy football, that means you're you really can't rely on Cooper Cup at all this season. And if you are, you're relying on him in your last two weeks of the postseason if you do make it to the championship. Yeah, I mean, it's like the worst time to have like a stud like Cooper Cup go down. Um, I mean, if you're hope, I mean, obviously you never want him to get hurt, get hurt, but like if he does get hurt and he's going to miss some time, you hope it's at the beginning of the season. So he can come back to help you out in the playoffs and the second half. So it really sucks. Um, you don't even think about this, but, um, I haven't seen if, does anyone know if this is like the same ankle he injured earlier in the year? Well, I could look it up if you give me a second and talk about something <laughs> else. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a weird thing. Cause obviously they were talking about him possibly missing a game or two back then. He came back without missing any time and didn't really seem to, you know, miss a beat. So if it's, I would be curious to see if this is the same ankle. Cause obviously that could be that this is worse now because it was already previously injured and hasn't fully recovered. 
Let's see here. Looks like he has... Oh, lordy. Okay. Looks like he has injured the same knee. Well, is it ankles on Three knee? times. Well, the same... God damn it, Tyler. I hate you. <laughs> mm. Okay. Either way, well, we're talking about an ankle ligament tear, right? Happened on Sunday. And that his that's his second injury since last year. Two years in a row. Yeah, I'm just curious if, it, if it's the same. Same ankle. Okay, it is the same ankle. So um, obviously, you know, and that just happened a few weeks ago. So that could be a little bit concerning that that's what it is. Obviously, the good thing is that there's nothing broken there, um, which were a lot of initial worries that he broke something could be out for the season. So they're hoping to get him back, you know, for the Rams. Hopefully they get him back for, you know, the end of the season. At this point, though, if they continue to lose. I wouldn't be surprised they hang him up for the rest of the year just because, like, why risk injury him? any long-term deal um, for the rest of the year on a lost season. So um, I guess there is that chance that they might just be like, hey, we're going to shut you down, which, you know, is it sucks for fancy owners as well. Uh, yeah, I'm totally with you. It looks like he is probably going to be out for the rest of the year. Rams suck, so they might as well preserve themselves for the future. Let's talk about the next injury. Uh, Jerry Judy. Dealing with a mild ankle injury. What do you know? Yeah. You know, it's, it's the season of the week. And his status for this weekend has not been determined, but apparently the Broncos did receive promising results. And it's not expected that he will miss much time at all. Jerry Judy at this point, I think, you know, he's been bordering on wide receiver three, being a borderline starting receiver. So what do you think about this? I mean, kind of sucks because he started to really build some rapport. It looked like in the last couple of weeks with, with Russell Wilson before the injury. I mean, I think it has happened on like the first play of the game. I think he played literally one snap when this happened. So, um, you know, really unfortunate that way. But I mean, you know, the two weeks, the two games prior before this Tennessee game, he did have a combined 28 points. So it seemed like something was starting to click there. Um, hopefully he doesn't miss much time. Maybe it's just the one week. That's kind of where it's kind of sounded like he might even be able to play this weekend, so that's always a good sign. But, you know, if he is out, obviously you're going to then go through and upgrade Cortland Sutton back to probably at least, you know, wide receiver two status. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. So let's talk about Zach Hurts. He's expected to be out for the <sighs> remainder of this season with a serious knee injury, which is horrible to about three of my seven fantasy teams. <laughs> Word on the street is he's going to seek a second opinion, but at this point, you, know, you just got to toss him out for the rest of the year. He fucked his knee up. He ain't coming back. Most likely, right? I Highly unlikely. I mean, even though he's getting a second opinion, the reports are still saying that he would probably be done for the season. So, always sucks. And that was one of those guys that, you know, you were able to pick up off of or you drafted very late. Like he's one of those really good, you know, ninth, 10th round type of tight end draft picks. Cause now he's, a, he's been sitting at the uh, tight end three position on the season. So big loss. And obviously we will be talking about his uh, immediate replacement later in the episode. I don't want to touch on it quite yet, but big loss for, for fantasy owners. He's actually was one of the few tight ends you could rely on this season. 
Oh, are we going to talk about his immediate replacement? Oh, oh my God. Okay, yeah, I, I made a couple of additions there. Okay, things are happening. Yeah, but you made a good point. Definitely a great late round pickup. And in a couple leagues, I have to start scrambling to find another tight end because he, he was a great tight end to have. Yeah, and I mean, you're obviously not going to be alone in that. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be scrambling and go immediately into that streaming tight ends for the rest of the season, which really sucks seeing that the tight end landscape, as we've talked about every week, it seems like this year, is awful. It is awful, and if you're listening to this podcast, just so you know, I love talking about tight ends and defenses, so keep on listening, baby. (laughs) Keep on listening. (laughs) I'm going to get deep this year, man, especially in the upcoming weeks of the playoffs coming up. So let's talk about our last injury before we dive into our waiver wire episode, or the waiver wires of our episode. Uh, P.J. Walker, the newly starting quarterback of the Carolina Panthers, dealing with an ankle injury. He is definitely out this week and likely multiple weeks. So it looks like Baker Mayfield is going to be starting with Sam Darnold being the backup. This whole team, as far as quarterback, is a total toss-up to me. Um. What do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, it kind of sucks because this often seemed to be playing better with PJ Walker at the helm. Um, obviously, him and DJ Moore seem to have a pretty good connection, but it then kind of lacked the last couple weeks. So interesting, interesting to see there. I'm hoping though that they this offense did find something in the rushing attack with with Dante Foreman. Um, who they just did not stop giving the ball to against Atlanta last week. I mean, he had to get like 32 carries or whatever that was. It was insane. Um, it was a ton. So I'm hoping they can build off of that and you know build the play action game, which really tends to favor Baker Mayfield's uh, you know playing style. And you can still see some productive days out of DJ Moore and maybe even you know possibly even Terrace Marshall. Yep, I'm mostly with you. Baker Mayfield and Sam Donald suck balls, so. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm hopeful that can happen. Like, maybe this offense found a little something to build off of. Um, Obviously, you can't know for sure, so you're probably not starting anyone outside of Foreman this coming week on the team, but we can, you know, cross our fingers that something clicked here. And to be positive, to counteract what I just said. When you have a running game, it definitely allows things to happen in the passing game. And if that is happening, Baker Mayfield should be able to make uh, things happen. Definitely. But that's enough of the injuries. Let's talk about our Week 11 waiver wire pickups. Dive into this right here. What you came to hear, baby. So uh, the first one is someone we've been talking about quite a bit especially in the last few weeks, Rashad White, rostered in 55% of the leagues. Tampa Bay is on a bye this week, but you you got to get this guy on your team. You know, Rashad White led their backfield with 22 carries and 105 yards compared to Leonard Fournette's 14 carries, 57 yards, and a touchdown. 
it really seems like Rashad White is set to take over this backfield. And if Leonard Fournette misses any time at any point this season, Rashad White is instantly a running back one or two. Am I wrong here? Um, you're not wrong in terms of like the last statement where he would immediately upgrade to that. But I'm pumping the brakes on him taking over this backfield. Leonard Fournette ended up dealing with a hit pointer in this last game. He got hurt kind of in, in the first quarter. And so that's where the touch difference, you know, that difference happened. Um, Leonard Fournette basically didn't play the second half of the game. Um, you could, you saw him on the, on the sideline with the heating pad wrapped up, wrapped around him for most of the game. So he's doing that. They are expecting him to be fine um, when they come back in week 12. You know, obviously the bye week will be huge for him. And luckily for fantasy managers, Fournette actually did still score a touchdown early in the game. So he still had, gave you a decent outing of, you know, a little more than 11 points there. But I still agree that Rashad White should be on every roster. He is clearly one of the top handcuffs in the league at this point. I'm surprised his roster percentage is still so low. Um, and not to mention, Tampa completely switched what they were doing so far this season. They ran the damn ball down the Seahawks' throat, and they didn't let up. They didn't stop. Whereas, like, before, you know, they'd have any kind of inconsistency in the run game and they just abandoned it completely and this week they're like even if they had you know a three and out they're like fuck it let's keep running the ball and so they ran the ball i think like 40 times in this game or maybe a little more um i think that's something that they're going to see and start to rely on a little more because tom brady's back here throwing the ball you know 40 times a game and he's again even though he's not putting up tons of fancy numbers he is the second leading passer in the league right now or at least he was going up until the seahawks game and I think they're like, this needs to change. The team isn't dynamic enough. We need to run the ball. So I think you're going to be able to see Fournette continue to run the ball a little bit more going forward. But yes, if he gets hurt at all, Rashad White needs to be rostered in every league just in case that happens. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a very interesting young running back to be having on your team. And speaking of, let's talk about Isaiah Pacheco. On the Kansas City Chiefs, he's rostered in 33% of leagues. And as we know, when it comes to Andy Reid, it's very hard to predict who's going to be the lead running back, especially this season. But this last week, Isaiah Pacheco had 16 carries for 82 yards, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Jarek McKinnon combined for one total carry. So, I mean, come on. What are we talking about here? He, <laughs> he even retained majority running back share after fumbling the ball earlier in the game. Early in the game, he fumbled the ball, still had all the carries at the end of the game. I feel like that has to say something about um, what they want to do moving forward, especially with Andy Reid. Yeah, I mean, it, it has to, right? It's one of those things. This backfield has been really frustrating all season because, like, Clyde started off the year really well. Um, even though he wasn't getting a ton of carries, he was being extremely productive with those carries, and now that's not happening. Clyde played a season-low four total snaps in this game against Jacksonville. So he's basically not in the game plan. I don't know if that changes going forward, but it does kind of seem like he is being worked out of this rotation for or in favor of McKinnon and Pacheco. Now, I will say, McKinnon is, 
up until this last week, was still getting the majority of the snaps, not necessarily the majority of the touches. So that's a little concerning to see where that's going to go. It's hard to get as many touches as Pacheco did when you aren't playing a ton of snaps. So we'll see how that changes going forward. Um, the only nice, the only thing that I would wish that would happen is that Pacheco did, you know, score a touchdown or, or something because even those 82 yards came when you had to add in the fumble, he only had five points. So that kind of sucks. Hopefully he gets a little receiving working maybe going forward. But that's a, that's one thing too. He didn't get a single target out of the backfield. So if he's in the game, it looks like, you know, they're running the ball or he's pass blocking and that's it. So not the highest ceiling, I think, with Pacheco, but someone you should, you know, keep an eye on for sure going forward, probably should be rostered and just see where this goes going into the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. As especially going in the playoffs, you know, if someone takes the majority share in the backfield of a high powered offense like that with the Chiefs, yeah, you, know, you want them on your roster. If you got space on your bench, definitely add them. Yeah, definitely. And if you and just because I mean we are getting to that point where we're you know really got to start looking towards what matchups could be like in the playoffs. Um, you know, keep that kind of in mind in week fifteen. So you know, usually it's going to be the first round of the playoffs for most leagues, they are playing Houston. And we know what running backs do to the Houston Texans. So that's one thing, even if you're playing, that's a long game to play. I understand that. And maybe you're still fighting to get into the playoffs already. Maybe it's not like locked in for you. And no one really is locked in, you know, with how many weeks we have to go. But something to keep in mind, it's time to start looking at like that, that long, long play here in case this works out the way you, you know, the way we're kind of seeing it's going to. Yep, that's a great point. So let's move on to some deeper picks. Those are the, probably the biggest two uh, waiver wire wa- waiver wire ads of this week. Probably a running back. I do actually want to bring up one person. It's only because I just noticed oh. this. Yeah, I got one. Hold on. <laughs> uh, um, so we talked a lot this season about Brian Robinson, right? Like a lot. And... His production and his touches fell off the last couple weeks. And so you saw his roster percentage drop, um, I think, up to depending on the league. Or, you know, it's been five to like 10 percent, depending on where you're playing at. So right now he's only rostered in 63 percent of leagues. So there's a good chance that he is available in your league or, you know, a strong chance. Um, He got 26 carries. tonight. 26. Wait, you're talking about Brian Robinson only in 60 percent of leagues? Yeah, sixty three percent of the league. So I mean, that's a little high for a waiver wire Ooh. episode. Um, you know, it's a little higher than you would want to bring up, but we should because you know that's a ton of carries this week, and there's a good chance he's available. And oddly enough, they also are playing Houston next week. So <laughs> Brian Robson could be in line for another very good game next week. Oh yeah, I'm with that. I'm surprised only you know. That he's not ninety plus percent rostered, but yeah, you know, things happen and people forget. But let's talk about some deeper picks here. We're gonna start diving into it. Uh, let's talk about Christian Watson, wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, rostered in seventeen percent of leagues. He was finally included in this offense after dropping that pass in Week One. He had eight targets, four catches, 107 yards, and three touchdowns on those four catches. 
obviously very unreliable at this point, but Romeo Dubs should be out for a few more weeks, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't have that many reliable options. So Christian Watson, what do you think? Yeah, he should be he should be at it. Obviously, you're not going to expect him to catch four passes for 100 yards and three touchdowns. That's obviously we all know that. But the biggest thing I think for him, one, he's healthier now, and even though it is saying he's dealing with a an ankle injury, which has been like his situation like all season. But the biggest thing for him, I think he just gained so much trust in Aaron Rodgers, and that's the biggest thing for uh-huh. these receivers is who has Aaron Rodgers trust because we all know that if Aaron Rodgers doesn't like you or he doesn't trust you he will quite literally ignore you we've seen it happen like we've seen him you know take a a promising guy and if he runs a bad route drops a couple balls early in the game he's kind of like the Bill Belichick of quarterbacks where he'll be like yeah screw you kid I'm not even gonna look your way anymore oh yeah definitely and you know Three touchdowns and four catches seems pretty decent. Yeah, I did see see someone. I saw a, a tweet from this camper who who was from, but he said someone along, along I said he goes. I went back and watched every snap of Christian Watson this weekend, and he loved what he saw on every route so much. He goes, he needs to be rostered in one hundred percent leagues right now. So I mean, he liked it. He liked to get off. He liked the way he's breaking off routes. Like everything looked good. So, I mean, obviously, the kid's super talented. He was drafting, what, the second round, I think it was. So, he's super mm-hmm. talented. He's just been dealing with the injury bug, as obviously the entire wide receiving room has in, in Green Bay. But hopefully, going forward, he's built something that him and Aaron Rodgers can, you know, continue to grow on. There's a foundation there, I think, now. Yeah, well, sp- speaking of building something, Kadarius Tony on the Chiefs now, rostered in 60% of leagues. Which is pretty high to be on our waiver wire episode. I think that's pretty high, but I had to bring him up. He had his uh, best career game this Sunday, you know, in a year and a half of a career with 90 total yards and a touchdown. And he also ran the ball two times for 33 yards. And Juju Smith, Miko Hardman seem to be a little bit injured at this point. So as far as the Chiefs wide receivers go, does Kadarius Tony seem like a good option? I mean, yeah. I mean, there's not a whole lot of receiving options there. Juju Smith-Schuster got lit up and was taken off in a stretcher. It sounds like he's going to be okay because they're only ruling him out with a concussion now. But, uh, I mean, it was pretty scary to see that. You never want to. Miko um, Hardman obviously was scratched from the game completely before they you know, even kicked off. So there's not a lot of bodies there. Kadarius Tony, actually, I was a little surprised his roster percentage was that high already. I mean, people saw that trade and just jumped all over it because, you know, they they see the potential that's there. You put him in now and do a, an explosive offense with a super creative play caller um, and one that obviously believes in him more than Brian Dayball did because he didn't draft him um, in, in New York. So I think going forward, yeah, you could expect to see some some good games here from Kadarius Tony. Um, I'm not necessarily saying immediately him throw you know, throw him into your lineup, but let's see what happens. Hey, he he's definitely interesting. You want to have him on your roster if you can. Uh, maybe not start him, but you know, you want to hold on to him in that high power offense. But let's talk about Paris Campbell, Indianapolis Colts wide receiver, rostered in twenty seven percent of leagues on sleeper. 
Last week, he caught seven of his nine targets for 76 yards, caught a touchdown. And before that, his last touchdown, which I believe was like three or four weeks ago. Yeah, also back in week came, seven. Yep, came from Matt Ryan's last start. So I think when Matt Ryan's at quarterback, he does have upside. Their last three games that they have played together, when Matt Ryan was quarterback, he caught 24 of his 31 targets for 203 yards and three touchdowns. So it seems like they're building a decent like little rapport there. Yeah, I mean, obviously Matt Ryan got a surprise start. Uh, they thought they were going to go with Ellinger again. Maybe that was Jeff Saturday trying to be you know a little magic man in his first game because even they said they were going to start, they were going to keep going with the rookie, and then you know at game time there goes Matt Ryan you know trotting onto the field. So, try to put little Houdini act there, but it kind of worked. Um, and I love that in the last three games with Matt, Matt, Matt Ryan, that he has 30, I think it's 32 targets, but whatever, you know, like 31, 32, that's a ton of targets in over three games. Yeah, you know, you're talking about over 10 a game. That's the type of, that's the type of target share that, you know, wide receiver ones get. I'm not going to immediately throw Paris Campbell into that category because obviously we do know that you have, Michael Pittman Jr. there. We have the rookie Alec Pierce, who are both very talented guys. But right now, it looks like Matt Ryan has a lot of trust in Paris Campbell and someone who he can can kind of rely on. So it's time to start to really consider Paris Campbell uh, not just being on your roster. I think going forward, he should be considered even a flex play. Yeah, I'm with you, honestly. If Matt Ryan is quarterback, I am with that. 100%. 100%. Paris Campbell, definitely worth looking at him in your flex. Not so, to mention, they're, they're allowing Matt. I, just to go for this pass game should be better and more explosive going forward. Because as I kind of expected, they ran the damn ball over and over and over again. Jonathan Taylor had 22 carries. Um, Deion Jackson had another 11. I think even Zach Moss got like four or five carries. So, like, they are using people i'm sorry Deion jackson didn't play in this game someone else got a lot of carries i just messed that up um but uh they had they just ran the ball over and over over they had had a 35 to 40 carries total or rushing attempts total in this game so that's gonna be better for this team overall going forward because it's going to open the play action pass which will buy more time for matt ryan to throw the ball because matt ryan you know they've been getting killed in the pass rush matt ryan can't move so they need to buy him more time one way or another well, Matt Ryan is the worst quarterback in the pocket um, that I've seen in my lifetime as far as successful quarterbacks. I mean, and I'll he did just have say, 38 rushing yards this week. Uh, I don't care. He's the worst <laughs> pocket presence I've ever seen in my life. And they, they did play the Raiders. So, yeah, let's just move on because I don't want to. Hold edit. on. <laughs> so he had 38 oh, total rushing yards. He had 30 total, hold on, hold on. He had 38 total rushing yards. 39 yards on a single run, though. He had a 39-yard run. Matt Ryan. Yeah, that's cool. I'll forget about it. can't outrun a toddler um, right now. Um, fuck off. And that's all I have to say <laughs> about that. I have no counter. Either way, I don't want to talk about it. So <laughs> let's talk about our next player on our waiver wire episode. Cole Komet. Someone, if you have been listening to this podcast, especially during the off season, someone we like a lot. 
he had an absolute shit show of a stat line for fantasy football for seven weeks. But in the last three weeks, he has five touchdowns. And this week, he faces an Atlanta defense that is the seventh worst against fantasy tight ends. Cole Gamet owned in 53% of leagues. Are we doing it? I don't want to, man. <laughs> like, I just... Seven weeks is such a long time to be doing nothing, essentially. And then all of a sudden explode for five touchdowns in three weeks. But in the last two games specifically, like, because the one, the first three weeks ago and the first time he scored, he still only had the two targets for two catches, 11 yards and a touchdown. Terrible stat line, right? The only reason, that, like, if you had him in your lineup, you were happy is because he scored. But then he turns that around in the last two weeks, has caught nine of 13 targets for 115 yards and four touchdowns. And obviously the touchdown production is not always going to be there, but all of a sudden that target shares up, um, yards is up, receptions, everything's up. And I, and his offense is exploding all of a sudden. I'm not sure what the hell changed in Chicago, um, but something certainly did. And I don't want to look at, at Cole Komet and say it's somebody that you can rely on by any means, but on a weekly basis at this point, it kind of seems like you could take him as a flyer. Not even a flyer at tight end. I think you have to. If this offense is rolling, he's playing every meaningful snap as far as the Bears' offense goes the entire season. And the Bears' offense is slowly getting rolling. I, I, I think you start him without a question. Without, I don't know if I'd say without question, but I understand the sentiment there, man. I mean, it's just all of a sudden this offense is, I don't think it's slowly rolling. I think it's, you know, it's, gas pedal to the floor through the roof i mean this thing or through through the floorboards i mean that thing they're cruising right now i don't understand what happened i also just to reiterate how bad the tight end position has been this year the last three games where cole Komet has now scored a combined 48 points or so he went from whatever rank he was which is bad like tight end you know somewhere in the 20s is now tight end 10 yeah in three yep. games and 48 points, he's now the or tight end 10. I just said wide receiver, I believe. But yeah, the tight end 10 now because of this, you know, uptick in usage and scoring. I hate the tight end position this year. I hate it. Oh, it's, it's so frustrating. And that's why you got to get a decent tight end, man. You got to get one who's going to do something for you. So let, let's talk about Donovan. Peoples Jones. Why is he for the Browns? 49% rostered. He has been seeing real consistent usage, which reminds me of the end of last season. But right now, he's averaging six targets in his last six games. And in five of those six games, he has had 70 plus yards. That does make him a borderline starter in a lot of leagues. You know, flex leagues, PPR, what do you think? Yeah, I think when you hit the right the right matchup and the usage is there. I mean, I, if you look at his total, what he's done over the entire season, he scored at least seven points in every game but one. 
which isn't like, you know, ceiling. It's not a super high ceiling, but it's consistent usage that if you have been struggling in your flex all year, it's somebody that you can look at. And if you look at specifically the last few weeks, his target share has even gone up. So, I mean, you're talking about, oh, I don't know. In the last, you know, five games, like an average of nine points a game. So it's getting better. This offense seems to be getting better. And who knows what happens with the return of Deshaun Watson here in a couple of weeks. Yes, sir. And we will touch on the return of Deshaun Watson towards the end of this episode. But let's talk about Latavius Murray. Denver Broncos running back. Rostered in 28% of leagues. He really hasn't done anything special. You know, that's going to blow your mind lately. But when a running back gets an average of 10 plus carries in an offense and also the goal line carries, does that not make him a borderline starter with this, you know, horrible, shitty running back landscape? (laughs) I mean... Yeah, borderline. Um, I mean, in a game that, like, I thought Denver was going to bounce back in, Latavius Murray had a team-high nine carries. So it's not, like, he's not getting a ton of work, but he did get more carries than anyone else did. Um, I just, this offense is so bad, and I thought they were going to bounce back this week. You know, I we know I chose Russell Wilson as my start of the week quarterback. I thought he'd bounce back. I put a little bit of, of faith in him. It didn't work out. Um, what goes forward with this offense and these running backs specifically going forward? I don't know, man. Um, I would think that Latavius probably does give you the best option um, when it comes to this team at the running back position. Um, it's going to be probably a toss between him and Melvin Gordon every week, but I agree. I think him getting the red zone t- rushes is where you can kind of rely on him a little bit more. Um, obviously he's no he's not much better than a low end flex play, but if you're struggling, then you know he's not the worst option. He gives you a decent ceiling. Oh, definitely. I've never been a huge fan of him, but he gets it done when you need it to be done. So let's talk about receiver real quick. Uh Van Jefferson, LA Rams receiver. Rostered in 15% of leagues. He hasn't done much since returning from his injury. That's, you know, cut him out most of the season. But now that Cooper Cup Cup is injured, it seems to be he's the next man up, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, he's been the backup to Allen Robinson all year. We know how well that's been going for them. Uh, (laughs) I mean... It's got to be him or Skoranek, I would assume. Van Jefferson, you know, is a guy who's shown a lot of flashes um, in his short time in the league. I think he's a guy who could end up, you know, being like that big play threat that they're kind of missing right now. But I'm not going to go out and rely on him. Um, If you're thin at wide receiver, he's a decent little pickup. But I'm not going to be throwing him into my lineup anytime soon until I got to see what this offense is going to look like without Cooper Cup. Yep, you said it perfectly. Um, is someone I would not mind throwing into my bench, you know, if you're thin at wide receiver. But I'm not relying on him, that's for sure. 
Let's talk about a couple of tight ends. The first one is going to be Foster Moreau. Oakland Raiders. Oh, wow. <laughs> I I said that. Oakland. <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders. Tight end. Rostered in 31% of leagues. It looks like Darren Waller is going to miss the next four games after being placed on IR. Probably the rest of the season at this point, if we're being honest. So, Foster Moreau looks to be the number one uh, tight end on this offense. He has played a majority of snaps since Darren Waller has been out. We're talking 95-plus percent of snaps. But he hasn't done much with it. He does have a decent amount of targets in the last four games. He has 23 targets in the last four games. But not much is happening. Their offense is struggling. What do you think about him? I mean, I think he's a low-end play at tight end probably most weeks just because even though he is getting a decent target share, he's not catching many of the balls. Um, and they're not he's not really being used much in, you know, the high the high leverage situations, you know, he's not being looked at a ton in the red zone. I know he did catch a touchdown, you know, this year. But <clears throat> I think it's a low-end play at tight end, but at the same time, there's not really anything else at the tight end position but low-end plays outside of, you know, those top tier of guys. So it's worth the dice roll, especially if you were a guy that, you know, had Zach Ertz go down. Cause I'm not sure if you're going to, re- I know we're going to talk about him in a second. I don't know if you're a Zach Ertz owner, if you can immediately rely on Trey McBride, at least with Foster Moreau, we've seen him do something in this league before. Yep. I totally agree. Uh, Foster Moreau has been somewhat proven. He just has to get the ball. Let's talk about another tight end, Isaiah Likely, someone I liked in the offseason personally. Uh, tight end for the Baltimore Ravens, rostered in 32% of leagues. In the last two weeks, Likely has played just about 75 or 70% of snaps for the Ravens and has two touchdowns on six catches. It looks like Mark Andrews is probably going to return this week, which would mean that Isaiah Likely is not going to do anything because all of his stats in the last two weeks came from Mark Andrews being gone. So if Mark Andrews isn't playing this week, are you messing with Isaiah Likely? I mean, why not, right? I mean, again, I don't think he's necessarily a high-end play, but he has scored in each of the last two games, so that's obviously... Something good. He's been looked at that way. Um, the way this offense likes to use their tight end position, because we obviously we saw him immediately start to take a ton of targets when Mark Andrews went down, is something you can you can look forward to. So if Andrews is out, I think you could take likely on a flyer this week and see, you know, what he can do. Um, and I I've said this a couple weeks back on one of the episodes. I'm interested to see if because the emergence of likely and how well he played in a couple of games without Mark Andrews, if they might go into a little more two tight end set. So, you know, we know Rashad Bateman's out for the season. They don't have a lot of distinguished pass catchers there. You know, not a bunch of reliable guys outside of Andrews. So why not change up personnel? And you you have, uh, you know, you had the bye week to then implement that that personnel change. Um, into your offense a little more so you can really kind of dial it in. I'm interested to see if we're going to see a lot more of that of that set going forward. There's some good points being made here. 
let's talk about another tight end. Trey McBride. I feel like this is a deep one, but it could be a good one. Only rostered in 5% of leagues. Probably one of the uh, bigger waiver wire pickups this week if you're in a competitive league. So, obviously, he's the backup to Zach Hurts. And Zach Hurts is expected to be out for the rest of the season. And Trey McBride, he's the next man up. He has played 91% of snaps last week. So it seems like with Ertz being out, they're very comfortable with McBride being their replacement. He only had one target, but, you know, let's see what happens as time goes on. How do you feel about Trey McBride? Yeah, I mean, like you said, he is, it's a deep, deep pickup there because we don't know what's going to happen. Um, he played, he was clearly the next man up though with Ertz out because they didn't really, he played 91% of snaps. The third string guy was, um, Steven Anderson, who I know everyone's asking who the hell that is. Um, no one knows he played, he played a decent amount of snaps himself, 37%, but clearly Trey McBride is going to be the guy up. I think I'm not too worried about him only having that one target because he wasn't part of the game plan. They had to switch it up, you know, in the middle of the game. I think that with a week of practice, they will find ways to get him implemented into the game plan. And, you know, Trey McBride, he was a highly sought out tight end in the draft. Um, He's a big receiving tight end. He's a guy that has a ton of upside. And then when you look at what Zach Ertz has done this season, he is consistently getting more than seven targets a game. So they like to use the tight end position. I think it's a flyer, but it's a high upside flyer. It's a guy that, you know, he could absolutely give you a dud one week, but he could win you a league the next, I think. I think he has that kind of talent. So I think he's, honestly, I think he's worth the pickup. I might even like to roll the dice on him over uh, picking up someone like Foster Moreau or Isaiah Likely. Whoa. I'm with you for the most part, but that is a deep statement there. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I could definitely see it happening. It is definitely possible. So let's talk about our last player of the week, which you kind of foreshadowed here. A little bit. Which is going to be Deshaun Watson. Rostered in 46% of leagues. If he's not rostered in your league, snag him up. That's just the way shit goes. Doesn't matter what he's done. Uh, I'm not going to talk about it, but you know, you actually get wiener touched while you're getting a massage. Um, I'm not going to talk about it. This is what he did. Yeah, your name is Sean <laughs> Watson. So, yeah, um, Deshaun Watson rostered in 44% of leagues, which is impressive. Again, this deep into the season, people believe in him, they believe in Massage Watson. Either way, uh, this week, he can start practicing with the team. And week 13, he can start playing against his former team, the Houston Texans. So if you're playing a deeper, you know, some deeper plays in your league, pick him up now. And uh, he plays the Texans in week 13. And I honestly, I'll be, I'll be honest. Uh, if 
they don't just absolutely destroy the Texans, I'll be surprised. So, yeah. What do you got to say? Oh, man. I mean, obviously, we well, this is a Hail Mary type of play, right? Doing this, it it's a Hail Mary. Like, it's one, you, maybe you sneak into the playoffs and you're you're a little desperate. But it's also the type of play that could win you a championship game because that's how good Deshaun Watson is. Obviously, the only concern, he hasn't played football in two years. Who knows what he's going to look like, you know, coming back. But in his last three full seasons, he has finished as QB5, QB5, and QB5. So we know he's a top five, top ten quarterback when he plays. He could be hella rusty coming back. But boy, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back and lights it up and someone wins a championship because of it. So, Sean Watson, absolutely go after him. Unless you're very, very happy with what with your QB situation. Okay, I can go with that. So, I think that pretty much wraps up our episode. Talking about the waiver wire ads. Yeah, oh. not, a wa- not a waiver wire ad. But a little piece of news that came out as a surprise today. The Cardinals released Eno Benjamin. Oh, yeah, I did see that, and I'm curious where he will go. I'll just be honest, my gut feeling when I saw that reaction is, okay, yeah, there goes someone who's very decent at their job. Yeah, I mean, Um, it's not like he was, you know, lighting up the world in fantasy. He had one very good game against New Orleans, Um, and we know James Conner is back, and so they're not going to use him a ton. But it was kind of an interesting move that they, you know, came off him so quickly, especially because it was also being reported that he was like a handpicked guy um, of uh, the head coach um, Kingsbury, that he was like one of his favorite players. He loved them. So it's kind of weird that that happened. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward and where he might land. No matter where he lands, he'll probably be fantasy irrelevant, but it seemed like an interesting thing interesting thing to happen for the backfield dynamic of the Cardinals. So going forward, because Daryl Williams is still on IR with a hip injury, rookie Keontae Ingram is now the direct backup to James Conner. So maybe for, you know, James Conner owners out there, Keontae Ingram might be a good little stash play, you know, handcuffed to pick up for the uh, end of the season in case something happens to James Conner. Direct pickup. I'm sorry, a waiver wire pickup. Like he's the direct backup to James Conner now. Oh, okay. I'm with so, you. So, yeah. So, I mean, he might be a good little stash. You know, someone has a handcuff to put on your team in case something happens to James Conner. Yep. I totally agree. And uh, let's see. Did I miss anything here? We talked about covered it all. Covered it all. Covered it all, baby. Get yourself a chart and cover it up. So, yeah, that's what it is. At the uh, Fantasy Football Fathers podcast, if you're still listening, uh, you can catch us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Hit us up with some questions, things like that. We're all about it. We'll love to answer them. Um,. What else am I missing here? Big Irby. <laughs> uh, we'll be back on when on Thursday morning with our starts of the week. 
Uh, early games will come out Thursday morning, late games and our starts will come out on Friday morning. So look forward to that. But yes, if you have any questions on Twitter about start sits or you know who you think our favorite waiver wire pickups are, whatever you questions that way, hit us up. We'd love to answer those questions. Yes, sir. And with that, um, that is the episode. Later.